You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Welcome to this episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Box, founder, chief vision Sherpa and guide at Sarah Box Coaching and Consulting, where we help people with big dreams and busy schedules focus on essential and eliminate the unnecessary so they can experience success as they define it. And it's my honor to introduce to you today our guest, Deanna Lund. Deanna is from, well, she's from Copenhagen, Denmark area, and she is the founder and owner of Smart Business Planning. And anybody who's listened to this podcast long enough knows I like strategy. So I'm excited to be talking with her about that. But I want to tell you a little bit more about her work and what Deanna does. She focuses um, on really helping people who are dreaming of owning their own business to get unstuck so they can move forward in pursuit of their goals. And her way of working is, you know, I once heard this described by someone else that a come alongside her. She actually walks alongside her clients from creating a step-by-step plan to holding her clients accountable and simplifying the seemingly overwhelming. Those things uh, read easy. They are not easy to do. She's very talented at being able to do that. But what's great is her belief is that no one should be left spinning in their journey to fulfill their dreams and goals. And I couldn't agree anymore with that statement. I believe we all should have someone alongside us, whether formally or informally. She has had a lot of experience, though, helping um, match job seekers and professional opportunities. And um, that work prior to starting her own business really has given her a unique insight to the limiting beliefs and misconceptions that can cause us as, as people, job seekers, or goal dreamers, goal setters, to play small and deny ourselves you know, really that enjoyment that comes from living our dreams and going after them wholeheartedly. She's published the book called I Am Also Important, which is a book that focuses on the ways that you as a relative of someone with a long-term serious illness can remember to take care of yourself. And it's based on her own story, as well as interviews she did with other people like her and psychologists. Now, here's the good news. It's available if you speak Danish. She's in the process of um, looking at to converting it to English. It's going to need some revisions. But when it's available, it's going to be a really valuable book for those of us who don't have Danish as a reading language. But one of the things that came from that, though, is Deanna went through the process of writing her book blended that with her planning skills, and she's now created this unique five-day challenge that we're going to talk about during the interview. And this is really exciting. She just launched 
an exciting new podcast, Fun with Fundraising. And for people who are, have done fundraising from the nonprofit side or the external side, those two words don't always go together, fun with fundraising, because it can feel stressful sometimes. But Deanna brings a... Um, a really positive focus to that. And we're going to learn a little bit more about that today too. We're got a jam-packed interview. So now let's welcome our guest, Deanna Lund. Deanna, it's great to have you on the show. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm overwhelmed by hearing this. Thank you so much for letting me be on here. It's, uh, yeah, it's amazing to uh, to be here. Well, it's it's fun to have you here, and I, you and I got to chat a little before in a in a brief conversation the other day, um, and I want to let our listeners know that I mentioned you were in Copenhagen area, and I'm here on the west coast. So for you, it's nighttime, and it's later in the evening. Honestly, if it was that late for me, it would be a really uh, sleepy podcast. <laughs> So anyway, um, but I do want to ask you the question that I ask all of our guests right before we dive into the interview. And do you have a ritual or a practice that you do consistently, consistently, something that you consider non-negotiable that really keeps you on track towards your own vision and big goals? I so should say yes to this, right? <laughs> um, I think the thing that I do is I make plans and then I don't follow them and it's but it's and it seems really stupid but that's and very considering what I do it seems even more stupid <laughs> but the thing is it it gets me in this process it's part of my process and I know it so I make a plan then I then I follow it a little bit. Then I okay now 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 I need to do something else. Not well, not something else. I just need to readjust the plan, and that speaks into what it is that I'm doing because I'm working within a framework where nothing is a set a hundred percent set goal. So it's not as much like a daily routine or something. But I do set my goals, and I set huge goals for myself, and then I just figure out how to get there and if it doesn't work then I figure out something else I don't know if it really answers the question but it totally answers the question but better than that it made me feel great because I do the same thing I love to plan because it forces me to get specific in my head you know like what really am I trying to do how you know what does that look like really all of the things that make me be clear and then I write down what my best approach for doing that is but you're absolutely correct. We can have plans. The in-between part about what needs to happen, when the external environment or things outside of our control change, we do have to adapt all the time. But you know, they say, they say that if once you write a plan down, that's actually more um, powerful than you don't have to keep looking at it because you you know it, you owned it when you wrote it. So I think that makes perfect sense. And thanks for validating me, <laughs> whether you do it or not. No, but it, it really does make sense because the whole thing about writing things down and being specific about it, it, it keeps your mind going in another way. It just, it like you said, it's, it just becomes more clear. And then if I hadn't written that down and made that plan, I wouldn't get to where I'm coming because that's kind of saying, okay, so this is what I have. 
now I can develop further on that. Absolutely. And don't you find when you do that, like you may have a question, and I, I did this last week with someone I was working with, he and I are planning something. And I said, I don't really, I'm not really sure how that's going to unfold, but I will buy tomorrow morning because we were really specific about what we were trying. He goes, how do you know that? I says, we, we talked about it. We wrote it down. I says, I guarantee you I'll wake up tomorrow morning with an idea and I'll send you a message in LinkedIn, which I did. And I thought, because that's how it works. We got that concrete and then you let it go. And then all of a sudden you can see the opportunities or the resources or whatever start to align for you. You think, because you wouldn't have thought about it if you hadn't taken the time to get clear in the first place. Exactly. Well, let's switch back to you. Um, I'm curious, <laughs> given your professional kind of arc and trajectory, you know, you worked and did a lot of corporate work and helping people. You know a lot about HR. What inspired you to start your own business? There's actually two things. I've always had this thing that I want to have my own business. I want to I want to own a store. I want to own a company. Or I, I want to do something that's me. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. And then also this, I want to help people. So I figure out that I want to help people tell their stories. And this fits so nicely into my book. It fits so nicely into me helping other people writing their books. And it fits so nicely into helping people share their stories in my new podcast. Um, so kind of this, this idea of, I don't know, it's just always been this thing inside me. And then there's imposter syndrome and, you know, like, am I good enough? And do, what should I do? And also, like someone just asked the other day in a Facebook group, it was like, when was the first time you did something, sold something or whatever? It got me thinking. So the very first thing I remember I sold was we had these, I guess it's called popsicle ice cream things, soda ice creams. Um, that was like, I don't know, maybe the equivalent to five cents to buy. And I sold them for 20 cents. So my mom bought these ice creams and I've been like six years old, maybe my mom bought them. I sold them and she didn't know. She was just like, you're eating a lot of ice cream. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, or no, or am I getting in trouble? I'm actually selling them. <laughs> so I was just, it's just always been something I've done. I think. Very enterprising of you. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom's probably wondering, well, if she's eating that much sugar, she's not bouncing <laughs> off the walls. Her teeth are still okay. Something's going on here. <laughs> that was, and that, what a nice markup you gave yourself. Yeah, it was. And, and seeing that my mom was the one paying for the ice cream, so it was 100% profit, right? <laughs> did you ever tell her? Yeah, I think I did. I, I, I think I did. I'm not quite sure, but I, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, that's funny. Well... Let's flip it back to other people. So, you know, you went through all of that and and that whole thing about when did you, you know, sell your first thing. When you started, you know, your own business, the one you have now, 
did you just launch right in or did you have your own worries about that? Because, you know, you, you help other people start. And I'm wondering if that's um, one of the common things that comes up with folks about not being able to sell or not knowing their strategy. Of course. Um, I didn't jump right in. I, I've been working alongside my job and figuring out what is it, what is it that I want to niche into? Where is it that it makes sense? So I have an NLP practitioner education. <laughs> I don't know the correct word actually right now. It escapes me. But, and that really helped me. So if to actually where I started, really started with this, and this sounds so weird, but was losing my dad. I he died from lung cancer a bit more than two years ago. And that was really, really rough because he'd had cancer, another type of cancer. And then he was declared healthy again, or he wasn't sick anymore. And then he got um, pneumonia or they thought he had pneumonia and he went into the hospital and they were like, we can't really see anything on the scans and stuff like that. And then I live like five hours, four hours away from my parents. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go visit now because he's been in the hospital for a week. And then on Tuesday, they told us this is lung No, on Monday, they told us this is lung cancer. On Tuesday, they told us there's nothing we can do about it. On Thursday, he died. Wow. So, yeah, so that was just, yeah, just a really hard experience I guess I don't want I don't know if I want to call it an experience I guess it is but and and it it just turned something for me so that was also what made me write my book because like you said my book is based on my own experience and it made me realize that I am we have a really good word in Danish called <laughs> and you can't really translate it but what it means is just like you're the someone who's really close to someone who's sick, uh, for example. It can also be, you can be that to a lot of different things. But in this case, it's to someone who's sick, right? And I didn't realize I was that because my boyfriend at the time, now husband, he has MS. So he is also seriously long-term ill. You don't get cured from MS, multiple sclerosis. Um, And I was just, I started going to, a psychologist and she was saying like who is what's your priority Diana when where do you where do you fit you into all of these things and I was like coming in on a fifth or sixth place in my own priorities and she was like that's a no-go you need to if not be first you need to at least be at the same level as your boyfriend and she's so right because the thing is like you hear this all the time in airplanes like put on your own oxygen mask first because if you're fainted you cannot help other people and I asked my mom I'm sorry this is a really long answer but this is really relevant so please yeah so so but I asked my mom then it's like okay so who at for my dad's illness was other than the very fast last period of his life it was stretched over a year and then he had four different types of cancer during the last like 10 years of his life so it wasn't fun in that aspect but never mind um but 
but I was asking her like, who asked about you for my mom? And she was like, you know what? You were the only one who asked me how I was. And that's the thing, right? We always ask the wife, the husband or the kid, how's your mom? How's your dad? How's your, how is the person who's sick? We're never asking, or a lot of people are not asking, how are you as the person who is taking care of the person who's sick? And we don't also don't think of ourselves. So that's kind of the, the, the negative side of it that people don't think of us. We just, we become stand bystanders in our own lives because we have so much focus on the person who's ill. And that's just not healthy for anyone. It's not, it's not even in the long term, it's not even healthy for the person who's ill. Um, and to be quite honest, like a lot of people, if there's, if it's really, really hard, they don't notice. Most people actually don't notice, but then if either someone gets healthy again, like say you can get cured for cancer, for example. So if you get cured or end up, or end up dying, then the person who's taking care of you will then break down because then all of this pressure and even if if people get healthy get cured you can still see relatives breaking down getting stressed getting depression because all of that stress and and it's lifted off their shoulders in an instant and then their body and mind can give in and that's not okay no. it's it's so that's kind of what but that's I think people don't feel like that, uh, it, the person, right? It feels selfish to be the center. So say exactly. someone's suffering, right? We just go, well, I don't have it as bad as them. Well, those aren't even in the same sentence, right? They're two different conversations. They're, they're challenged, they're suffering, and you're caring for them and feeling the consequences, mm. which are both true statements. Right. And you know what the thing is, I get that when I wrote this book, my husband has taken a turn for the worse since I wrote the book. And it's not that it's just become even more. I sometimes someone is saying to me, Diana, you should really read your own book. <laughs> it's just like, but and and the thing is that I can sit there and have that feeling that I can I'm not allowed. I know that I am, but I don't feel like I'm allowed to complain that I'm having a bad day because my husband has lost a lot of his eyesight. He has bad balance. He has, um, he's, his side hurts. He has tinnitus. Is it called that tinnitus? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, there's all of these things for him. Right. And then I'm complaining about a simple headache or that I'm in a bad mood or whatever. It just seems so inconsequential. But the thing is, as a person, I still need that outlet. And for everyone else, the go-to person would be the husband or the mom or the dad or whoever it is, right? But you feel like you can't really take have that conversation because you don't want to be insensitive. But the thing is, often, of course, sometimes it is insensitive, of course, but often the person who's ill also would like to be seen as just a normal person and they want my husband would want me to live my best life so me setting myself aside for him doesn't do anything for him either 
No. But we just don't think that way. We don't. I had this conversation with someone um, a week and a half ago who was basically saying, I can't, I can't carve this out. And there was a number, I mean, similar, you know, it's basically, it, I've, the, my shortened synopsis of it is if I take this time, I'm being selfish because everybody else is in so much more need. And I said, well, I'm not sure you suffering is going to alleviate their need. Exactly. You know, and I'd like to claim credit for that, but it's something I've learned <laughs> over the years. So I'm not claiming credit for that. But Deanna, here's what's really interesting to me about, you know, not the situation per se, but the transferable lessons from that. So you talked about having someone see you, right? Seeing Deanna in as Deanna, not necessarily as only a partner or a caregiver, but for you as you. And oftentimes, that's what you do as a coach or a consultant is you allow that person that you're working with to be seen for their own goals, not dependent upon the roles they play with other people, but who they are, right? And helping them have their voice and go after what they want. Tired of feeling stuck and ending with the same result? Want to know how Sarah can help you with one-on-one -on -one or organizational coaching? Then book your free discovery call at sarahbox.com forward slash contact. Now back to the show. So I'm curious, how do you, with all your experience now that you can apply to that, how do you help people achieve their goals? What kinds of service, like what kind of interactions do you have in your philosophy about that? Actually, I, I call myself an accountability coach. And or I'm not really fond of the word coach, but I know that that's what people use. So that's what I use. Um, but but I help people set goals and then I help them achieve them. And the thing is, and it ties into this whole thing about focus on me or focus on for me, it's also about helping people focus on their business, because for me, my business is kind of my free time this is where I am not being the husband or the I'm never the husband <laughs> I'm not being the <laughs> wife <laughs> you get what I'm saying right I get what you're saying and I also get what time it is where you are so I'm thinking <laughs> you're doing great that's good that's good thank you um but like and that's kind of what I'm I want to help people with I want to help them set huge goals for whatever it is they want to do. So what is it you want to do? Let's set a huge goal. And if I can give you an example of how I've been doing this with myself as well, because I really do use what I do with myself to help others. So I did it with a book. I was, the, what I did, I, um, when I decided to write the book, it was my dad died in July and I started around October. So it was pretty fast after that. And I was like, okay, so in Denmark, we have this huge TV show that is break cancer indirectly translation. So every year they have uh, the cancer society has this huge TV show where they raise funds and they are telling stories of cancer patients and also some relatives. And I was like, okay, that is running off on the, or that's being shown on the 26th of October. I'm releasing my book on the 11th of October because I want to be in that show. 
that is my goal. Because this book is so important that if I can get out in front of a third of Dan the Danish population in this show, that's what I want to do. I released the book on the 11th of October. I didn't get in on the show, but it didn't really, of course it matters, that would have been great. But it's all about setting a specific goal and, and working towards, using that and working towards. I did it as well with fundraising. I'm setting a huge goal and then I break it up into uh, milestones and then action items. And I know you know these terms as well. Um, and and it's the same that I, because then when we have a plan, we can do the accountability on that. Then we can go in and say, okay, so how are you doing with this milestone? What's the action items in here? What do you need from me? I'm going to be asking you questions. Did you think about this and this and this? And I'm going to give you my knowledge. And this is why I, I'm not fond of the word coach, because when I think coach, I think of people, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think of people who want others to come up with their own solutions and dig deep to find the answers. And that's totally fine. That's just not what I'm doing. I am coming with ideas to you. I'm going to sell tell you, okay, you want to do, you want to write a book? Have you thought about you need to get it published? Do you want to do it this way or this way or this way? And I'm, I'm much more straightforward, I would say, I think. Yeah, that's a, a much more directive approach. Yes. Thank yeah. You. And it's, well, but sometimes really, that's really helpful to have someone that's that clear. Um, and in a sense, you are asking questions, you're just asking them, they're very focused around yeah. a specific <laughs> purpose in that in that instance it may be a different instant instance for a different person that you're working with yeah um, so it's not it's not self-development it could be if you want to write a book that's self-developing for you because that's also something that you need to figure out for me my book was also therapy so it could be self-developing in that way but the thing i'm helping you with is more i would say practical right getting it done Yes, exactly. Let's, <laughs> let's chase down that dream and so that you can say, I'm done. Let's share your story. Yeah. Well, and the great thing about that is, you know, when you're helping someone, and I, I love the questions that you ask because, you know, it's like, what are your milestones or your actions? But those questions asked repeatedly often come back and they reveal like assumptions we made. So my actions were supposed to be X. I did X. But guess what I learned? X isn't going to get me there. We need to have Q in there now. And But you learn along the way, especially if you have someone who can reflect with you about how did that work out? What did you learn from that? Let's apply it and pivot. Because that's you're kind of helping them work in your world where you have this big goal, but you constantly adjust, right? Yeah. And that goes back to what your, your very first question about planning and routines, right? The whole thing about readjusting and i know that i don't remember if i told you this but it's all also goes to people should learn from their mistakes but <laughs> i know this is again a bit i don't know presumptuous or if that's the right word but i don't make mistakes i don't i in my own head i know it sounds so stupid but i don't make mistakes but it's not that i i just don't think about it as mistakes i think okay so what i tried didn't work then I reevaluate. 
it was, I did what I did with the knowledge I had at the time. I actually think I heard that in your podcast the other day as well, someone saying that, but it's so, so true. Like I, I always do what I can with the information I have, which means I'm not making a mistake. I can, when I, when I know better, I'm just doing something else. So I'm just reevaluating and then making a new plan. I always think when something doesn't go the way I hoped or planned it to go, I just go, wow, wasn't that interesting? Oh, well, what's next? Let's go. Yeah, Yeah, because the only sure way not to make a mistake is to do absolutely nothing. Exactly. And I really believe that everything happens. No, not everything happens for a reason, but there's something good in everything. So I I, I would never have taken this path if I hadn't lost my dad. And I always choose to try and figure out, okay, so what is it that things are as they are? I can't get my dad back, right? I would, I would, believe me, I would <laughs> exchange that in a heartbeat, but I can't. So why not get the most of it? Why not figure out what can I do? What, how did it help develop me in a way that I can help others and that I can do something with my life that is interesting and that is of value to both me, but also a lot of other people. And it is the both. It's not just me, but it's not everyone else and not me. It's both. I get that. I do. It's a, it's a powerful driver when you know that helping yourself is helping others, exactly. you know, and that because we are, you know what, we share the human condition and we may think we're so special and unique, but honestly, I've talked to enough people. I'm thinking, we're pretty a lot, you know, we're, yeah. we're pretty a lot. We're frequently very similar. <laughs> it's not that late for you. <laughs> it's not, I have no excuse. I have no excuse, no. but I do mess But also up the metaphors. other way, actually. <laughs> but it also, the other way that you're saying that helping me also help others, but it's also that helping others really help me. Yeah. So it, it works both ways, right? It does. It's um, one of the fastest ways, like if you wake up and you feel like, oh man, this is going to be a tough day. One of the fastest ways I found is like, just do something nice for somebody else or listen to them and, and make them laugh or something just for like even 10 minutes. And all of a sudden your day pivots. You're thinking, oh, I must've been a little bit self-absorbed there for a few minutes, but it, it can really shift your outlook And that is one thing we do have control over is what we let run in our mind. Like we may get thoughts, but we can actually say, hello, I've chased that one long enough, let it go. And for listeners, I just want you to know that Deanna and I have another um, whole thing we're doing at a different time. And if you are on my Facebook page at all, you'll see information about that before too long. But you are doing this really exciting, fun five-day challenge. And yes. can you tell us, first of all, what is a five-day challenge? What are you doing with yes. it? You know, And how did you decide on that particular challenge? So what is a five-day challenge? It's actually really simple. It's a free challenge where you come into my Facebook group. And then for five days, I will give you a task or assignment and in the morning for me. So it's in the middle of night for you. (laughs) And then you don't have to get up to do it. You just see it whenever you get up. And then at evening for me, I am going live talking about this topic. So for five days, we're going through, going from your dream of 
having writing a book, becoming an author, to actually having a plan. And that's the thing. That's why I'm doing this, because I found that a lot of people have this dream of becoming an author and want to share their story and want to help other people. But it's just a dream. And there is like so much importance that you can, of course, you can just go ahead and start writing. And that's totally fine. That keeps you going or that that gets you started. But the, it's the keeping going. It's the figuring out when it is you need to write. It's the figuring out the habits around it. It's the accountability. It's the plan that will get you there. And, and that's what I help you do in the, that challenge. Yeah. Did I answer your question? You absolutely did. When I wrote my book, there was a similar opportunity. It wasn't a challenge, but it was like this education thing because I had the desire. I knew what I wanted to, but I'm thinking, I don't even know what should go first. You know, like, where should I even start thinking about this? So this is such a great challenge. Um, Thank you. To be honest, also, some people take the channels, challenge, (laughs) wow. You have an excuse. And, you're you're speaking. Yeah, but not yeah. <laughs> But the thing is that then they figure out they take the challenge and then they find out that oh wow this doesn't fit into my life right now. This is not what I'm supposed to do right now, and that's fine because that's all about reevaluating. So that's also great. Absolutely, so, yeah. because it saves you a lot of time and heartache if you're thinking I do want to do this. But right now is not the time. You still have a roadmap for how to do it when you're ready. Yeah, and you can leave it mentally. Then it's not something in the back of your mind saying, oh, I should shrug this book. Oh, I should, oh, I should, oh, I should. But on the other hand, if you have a dream of becoming an author and even becoming a speaker and even maybe even an international speaker, which is one of my dreams at some point, then it's a really good idea to write a book and make yourself an expert within an area. And so use this as a starting point for that. Well, tell them, tell us how people can find out about it. Like, where would they go? We'll have notes in the show notes, but I want people to know now in case they want to go find out and make sure they don't miss out. Where should they go to find out about the challenge? Sure. Um, they can go to face, the Facebook group. It is a Facebook group, so I will give you just a link directly to the Facebook uh, and that is facebook.com slash groups slash start your next book. And the reason it's start your next book is because it's also an amazing challenge to go through, even if you already have written a book and have been through everything, because you tend to forget how hard a process it can be to write a book. And and it, it really is like I my book, I wrote it in a year next to having a sick husband and a full-time job. And at the end of the process, he was like, Diana, um, when are we going to see each other again? Because all of my time were just, and and that's what, where the planning comes in, right? That's something I've learned now. So I know, okay, so when I plan my next book, which I'm actually planning at the moment, then it's, I know where to focus, right? I know what's important in my life and can put that into that plan. Fitting it in is always helpful instead of scrambling all the time. Exactly. Okay. I do want to ask you to share one more thing because I am a big podcast 
person. First of all, I love that I have a podcast because I get to meet really cool people like you and help you share your story. But I also am a listener and a consumer of podcasts. So I was excited to find out that you just launched your own podcast, Fun with Fundraising. So what was the thought behind that? And and when do you release? How long? You know, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Okay. How long do I have? Because it's actually a long story, but I'll I'll try to make it brief. Give, so. give us the um, summary that you would put on a book jacket. <laughs> okay. Um, it actually came from the idea of writing a book about fundraising. So, and I was like, I've been wanting to do a podcast, and I was like, hmm, maybe I can combine the two. So that's what I'm doing. I'm getting really interesting stories from people who have been fundraising. I want to share, I've been fundraising myself and I think it's really important. I love to do it, but because I'm also always having something that develops my skills when I fundraise. So fun with fundraising is for inspiring people to fundraise in a way that's fun for them. But then I do it by interviewing people who have fundraised and who work in fundraising and share their stories and share their ideas and their skills. And then it's actually twofold because I have that Thursday. I just launched the first two interviews yesterday. So that was Thursday. And all the interviews is going to be launched on Thursdays. But then I also have my 2021 goal which is my own fundraising journey, which I'm going to share on Tuesdays in the podcast. And my goal for 2021 is to raise $100,000 for the MS Foundation for International Research uh, in Finding a Cure for MS. So the podcast is kind of both getting in under the hood of me doing the all the work, all the prep, everything in relation to this fundraising project. And then it's also the interviews with amazing people who've done amazing things, riding across Australia, moving to Guatemala, starting their own foundation. Like It's amazing stories that people have. It's really an honor. As you say, it really is an honor to get those stories and people share their, their yeah, stories. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. So, and I know that a number of our listeners are in the nonprofit space and, or they are board members or people who are actively trying to bring funds or help support causes that are either very personal to them or their families. So I just like the concept that you're kind of doing both the interview piece and sharing your own journey and how that um, unfolds for you. And that's a great goal. Nice round numbers. 100,000. Yeah. Very yeah. audacious. I like it. And if someone of your listeners would, you can, of course, find me on my Instagram is fund with fundraising. And then, um, but I'm still looking for guests. So if you have an amazing story to tell about how you fundraised for whatever it was, then please do contact me. It's amazing. That would be really great if some of your listeners would share their stories. I have a couple of folks in mind that I'm going to... Um send them a little private message and say, hey, this gal yeah. would like to talk to you. So we'll see. I'm happy yeah, to have people come your way. Yeah, thank you. That That'd would be, be really great. Well, I think my last question that I want to ask you, which um, I sometimes ask, I sometimes don't, but I, given kind of the journey you've been over in the last 10 or 12 years, you know, decade or a dozen years, if you were able to sit down and have coffee 
or tea with the Deanna of that era, what advice would you give her knowing what you know now? Wow. Believe in yourself, I think. No, I don't think you should, you should believe in yourself. But I, the thing is, like, for example, with the, the saying that I wouldn't be here if I hadn't lost my dad, but that's both good and bad, right? So I believe that what gets me to where I am and makes me who I am is the experiences I had. And I love being where I am. I love being able to talk with you today and doing my podcast and doing my challenge and helping my clients and doing all of this. I really love doing it. So actually, I just think, of course, there's some things I would have loved to be without, but I also think it's it's who I am. And that's so, so keep at it. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I, yeah. I think that's pretty strong, you know, believe in yourself and keep at it because those mm. two things can derail us. We lose faith in ourselves, and we quit. And, and just don't, don't think of it as quitting. Think of it as doing something that fits you better. Mm-hmm. Or of course, get an accountability partner or a coach so that you don't quit. <laughs> or at least if you do quit, you quit with clarity about why. Like, yes, is it not exactly. a fit or are you just freaked out? Because honestly, I have people I go to that help me with that where I'm going, I don't know. And they go, what's really going on here? Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> talk about accountability. You can't hide from someone who knows. <laughs> and exactly. and I, I can joke about it. And it's never really comfortable when you have to check in with yourself, but it is so valuable. I value the work that you do and the time that you took to be on the podcast today. And guests, I'm recommending if you are interested in fundraising at all, go check out Deanna Fun with Fundraising podcast. And as any new podcast, it would be really helpful if you liked it, give her a rating and review. I ask you that for our podcast every week because it is important to get the message out and your ratings and reviews do help. So let's help Deanna get her podcast out to more people so she can reach her $100,000 goal as well as inspire other people to do good in the world. And Deanna, I'll be chatting with you again soon. Yes. Thank you so much for letting me be on. It's been amazing. It's been my pleasure been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.